Welcome to the Travel Like a Boss podcast, the radio show all about traveling like a boss by being your own boss. Stay tuned for weekly interviews featuring guests that have built their own online businesses. If you would like to have access to our entire back catalog, visit travellikeabosspodcast.com for instant access. And here's your host, Johnny SD. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Johnny. Welcome to episode 26 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm here out in Saigon, Vietnam uh, with Anton Crayley of AntonMethod.com. You just came back from from what countries since we last spoke? Yeah, since we last spoke, I had went back home to New York for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm doing that tax rule to be outside of the States for 330 days within the year. So I actually left the States on Christmas Day. I flew down to Costa Rica. Um, I was planning on staying there for a couple months, but I really didn't like it that much. So stayed there for about two weeks, went down to Argentina for about a month and a half, and I missed Asia, so I'm back. Nice. You know, what's actually cool is, so if you guys haven't heard that episode, it's episode 10. And in it, we had talked about this rumor that if you're out of the country, out of the U.S. for more than 330 days uh, of the year, uh, that we you can pay less income tax. And on the very next episode, episode 11, we actually had uh, David McKeegan of uh, Greenback Tax Services that came on and confirmed it. So, you know, then and there, Anton's like, all right, well, I'm not going to go back to the U.S. for more than a month. Yeah, that worked out pretty well. We were talking about it. And I was saying when I go back for Thanksgiving and Christmas, I was going to speak to my accountant. But, you know, he's no expert on uh, the international tax laws or anything like that. So Johnny said, all right, why don't I just call up the company that everyone uses for this and ask him the questions we have. So we made a list of questions. Johnny had that interview with David. It's episode 11 of Johnny's podcast. And if anyone's interested in this law and taking advantage of it, I highly recommend listening to it. I learned a lot from it. Yeah, because if you think about it, it you you basically don't pay that much tax on the first $95,000 of income. And that can be up to 30 grand a year you're saving in taxes, which allows you to travel for free. Right. So if you're traveling anyway, you know, like, for example, Johnny last year was outside of the States for most of the year, but you went home for a few weddings and you missed it by a little while. But it's something to keep in mind just in case you're outside of the States for a while already. Why not stay a little longer? Yeah, I'm definitely going to do that this year, uh, especially now knowing you know that... I want, I want, there's so many places I want to go. So in this episode, I want to talk about the best places to, for entrepreneurs to be outside of the U.S., uh, including the, the debate between Saigon versus Chiang Mai, because those are the two biggest hubs. But before that, let's talk about Argentina and South America. How did you like those places? Yeah, so like I said, I started in Costa Rica, and that place, for anyone that hasn't been there, I mean, for me, it's basically, I went to a bunch of different beaches, trying to see as much as I could, and it really reminded me of just like any beach town in the U.S., which is fine, but I would just say you don't have to go that far for that experience. So as far as Costa Rica, I really, I wasn't impressed. It's basically like an American beach town, so um, I wouldn't recommend going down there, and the Wi-Fi I also found to be spotty, so as far as doing work, it wasn't really a good place to work. Um, Argentina, much different. You know, if you've read the four hour work week, you know, that Tim Ferriss speaks about living down in Buenos Aires. Uh, this is about like seven years ago. I think he spent most of his time there. So I'm not sure if it was really a different place or whatnot, but I, I did enjoy it. And if I hadn't been in Asia first, I would definitely have wanted to stay there longer. Um, my main complaints were the group of entrepreneurs that I had met there. I was doing tons of networking, I met lots of people, but it's just a different vibe. Uh, the people out here in Asia, I feel like they're more passionate about their business, it's more of a startup feel, and it's not just kind of like go to the co-working space, work in a sales job, and then you know, just like go home to your family, Like which is what, what most people did there. I feel it's more of um, longer term people, not people just passing through. And in most of these hubs over here in Asia, it's a lot of people that are maybe here for a few months at a time. So you're constantly meeting new people and networking. And I, I really like that. That's what I love about Asia. Well, definitely traveling around Asia to other countries is much cheaper, much easier. Our airlines, we have Air Asia, which I have a love-hate relationship with. But at the end of the day, even with all their add-on fees and their, I mean, they charge for everything. If you want a seat, they charge you. If you want to use a credit card, they charge you. And I don't even know what other option there is to pay, so I always just click credit card. Right, yeah. <laughs> and and the, the quality even of the airlines, like the price is by far cheaper than any other place I've traveled around from on AirAsia or Knock Air or any of the local airlines. And the quality of the planes and the service and 
just the food they even give you, it's just every single aspect of it, the customer service, it by far surpasses any airline, you know, that you would typically fly with in the States and in uh, Central America to South America. I flew with Copa Air, which is their biggest airline. And I think I paid like 950 bucks for an eight hour flight. So even that's obviously, you know, really expensive. And that wasn't even business class. That was just, you know, regular economy. And the the, fl- the plane was old. The customer service was lacking. There, it was just... I, I I had missed the the experience that I had while flying here in Asia. So the states is closer to what they have in Asia, but Asia the service is definitely top notch. So to give you guys some examples of some plane flights I've taken around uh, around Southeast Asia, I went from Phuket, Thailand, over to Bali to spend New Year's Eve a few years ago, and it was a hundred twenty dollars round trip. I I had to book it quite you know a few months in advance. Uh, and everything's extra if you want luggage. Everything's extra, but you can you can find these great deals. Uh, I'm actually flying back to Chiang Mai, Thailand tomorrow, and this is my last day in Saigon. And we're gonna get into that reasons uh, for that a little bit later in this episode. But even even though I bought my ticket last minute, it ended up being I believe it was 182 dollars with all the fees. Uh, I have 20 kilos of luggage, and you know, paid you know paid with a credit card, all that stuff. So. That's not too bad for a last-minute international flight from Saigon to Chiang Mai, not even just to Bangkok. And if you I took a look at some prices, if you book two weeks in advance, it could be as low as a hundred bucks, which is insanely cheap. Yeah, I have a three-month visa here in Vietnam, so before I came, I wanted to make sure I had onward travel booked. So I just booked a flight in advance on Air Asia from Saigon to Bangkok. And I think I paid like forty-five or fifty-five dollars for it. So just to show you how cheap it is, like that's the price of I don't know a bus ticket from like New York to DC or something. So and it's a long, you know, it's really and you don't you're not like going on the worst of the worst airline. You're you're flying in a nice new plane with a really a great experience overall. You know, about a, a year ago exactly, uh, and for the past four years that I've been based out of Thailand. I used to complain about making visa runs every three months. I hated it. It was, you know, such an unnecessary expense. Uh, and it would, while I was away, I wasn't making money because I was teaching scuba diving uh, or leading people as a dive master. And every time I had to leave the country every three months, it'd be a week of expenditures and plane tickets. And so what I would do is I would go to the, the closest place I can go uh, to basically satisfy that visa run. But now that I'm actually making enough money where I can afford to travel a little bit. And also, even better, I can make money while traveling still because my online business is pretty much automated so I can just log into my email wherever I am. It gives me an excuse to say, oh yeah, you know what, why don't I go to Cambodia for a few weeks on this visa run and check that country out? Why don't I go to Laos? Why don't I go here to Vietnam? And to me, it's actually almost a blessing now where every three months, (laughs) Thailand forces me to take a vacation. Yeah, this is a great place to come through, even just for a month or so, like you're doing now. Like you've seen how it is every day. There's different groups of people meeting up at different coffee shops to work. It's less of a co-working scene here. It's more of a cafe culture. And, you know, just every day we have this big group chat, basically. And in the morning, someone will send out a message where the group's meeting that day. And whoever wants to show up shows up. And, you know, just do work, have lunch, talk business, have some coffee. And it's just a different different method of working, different style. I'm a little bit less productive working in a cafe than I am at a home office. But... It's nice to change it up every once in a while. You know, you don't want to be sitting at home on the computer all day. So it's a scene that I'm, I'm really getting uh, used to, and I like it here. So let's talk a little bit about the pros and cons of Saigon versus Chiang Mai. So first, we can kind of get out of the way. Saigon is the best place in Vietnam for entrepreneurs to be based out of. Definitely. I would say so, yeah. And I believe that Chiang Mai is the best place in Thailand for entrepreneurs to be based out of. I would agree. There's a lot of people in Bangkok, but that city is not for me. So I, I would, if I had to choose, I would choose Chiang Mai all day. Okay. So now that we have that out of the way, uh, let's let's first talk about apartments. So we're sitting in your apartment here in Saigon. Mm-hmm. Awesome place. Uh, how does this compare to the type of places you live in in Chiang Mai that you've seen? It's the same price. Yeah, in Chiang Mai, you definitely get more for your money. Uh, the good thing is that it's so cheap either place. But just to give you an example, the place I'm living in now, it's a service apartment building. It's small. I think there's maybe eight or ten units in here. Um, they, they do laundry every day, they clean the room every day, so you're definitely taken care of here, but it doesn't have a lot of the amenities that I had back in Chiang Mai. Um, this place that I'm living in, I don't even know what I pay, it's bad. I think it's like 800 US dollars a month, and in Chiang Mai I was paying uh, 12,000 baht, which is 400 US dollars a month, even less now because of the currency. But um, So for $400 a month there, I had I, the 
the full apartment with two pools in my building. There was a gym. There was laundry, a laundry room. I had to do it myself there. And there was also a restaurant with room service. So when you add in the pools and things like that, you know, and the price is almost half of what I'm paying here, you definitely get more for your money there. With that being said, it still is, you know, very inexpensive to live here. Yeah, the, the place, so we're sitting in Anton's apartment now. If you guys want to see a photo of it, uh, we, we just took a picture of us sitting with our, our podcast set up. Uh, it's on Travel Like a Boss podcast, show notes, episode 26. Uh, you can see that and then all the links we're going we're gonna to put up and all the photos we're going to put up. But I like this place. I mean, it's a nice room. Uh, you had to go through kind of a broker or word of mouth to find this place. So it's not quite as easy as Chiang Mai where you can kind of just walk around. Yeah, in Chiang Mai, that's what I did. When I first got there, I was staying in a hotel and just walked around on the streets. And you could just walk into basically any building, ask for a room. They'll show you around. Um, I didn't find that here. I had a broker show me around for a day. I didn't really like what he had to show me. So I ended up just um, living in the same building that two friends live in. Uh, they told me when I'd come available. So I came over here and just picked it up. But definitely a different experience trying to find a place. I would say Chiang Mai, if you're looking like just to you know get somewhere and have it as stress-free and as easy as possible to kind of just show up and move in, that's the place to do it. Yeah, and definitely it's half the price. Uh, so, yeah. the, so the place that I'm staying in here, it's two fifty a month. Uh, there's a video, I'll, I'll put it up in the show notes as well, a uh, video tour of my apartment. And it's you know, a pretty small room. It's nice and uh, it has a, a hidden bathroom uh, in the uh, floor-to-ceiling wall closets, which are really nice. Um, good location, I can walk to everything, great restaurants, coffee shops all around it, all within walking distance. So I like the room itself, but that exact same room would be maybe, I don't know, 25% cheaper in, in Chiang Mai. Uh, but one service that they have here, which is incredible, Anton had mentioned it before, uh, and you don't even really understand how cool it is until you have it. You don't even realize what's missing in your life. Imagine every single day, six days a week, you come home and your laundry that was in your hamper is now folded and stacked neatly on your bed. How did that feel the first the first couple of days? <laughs> yeah, that's, it's amazing. Um, you know, I'm used to uh, having like a place where you just drop off the laundry and pick it up at night, which is fine. You know, I can't really complain about that. It's not like a hard <laughs> thing to do. But um, just, yeah, that's how these places work. They, they literally do everything for you. So I'm out all day anyway. I usually, you know, I go to the gym around 7.30 or 8 in the morning, go out, meet up at a cafe for a while, and then maybe stop home at like 3 in the afternoon or so. And by the time I come back to my place, all my laundry's clean, folded on my couch. My bed's made with new sheets. Everything that I used the day before is put away. So they basically just reset your room every single day. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm spoiled already, I could tell, because on Sundays they don't have any service, and my room's like a mess by the end of every Sunday. So from now on, it's uh, service departments for me. Okay. Yeah, you know what? I, I, the first couple of days I was like, I don't need them to wash my clothes every day. Uh, because in Chiang Mai, it's, it's easy. I mean, I literally just have a bag of my dirty clothes. I drop it off on my way to the co-working space or the cafe, or just even to breakfast. And that afternoon, or at latest the next day, I just pick it up, it's folded, it's washed, and it only cost me three bucks for a tire load. So I'm absolutely fine with that. Here it's an added bonus benefit. What I don't want to ever do again is go back to the US and have to spend four hours on a weekend doing my own laundry. I mean, think about it. A lot of people do that. I mean, you, you have two loads of laundry. It takes, you know, you gotta wait around, 45 minutes to wash, an hour to dry, then you gotta you know walk up and down the stairs. Oh man, it is it is such a waste of your time. I mean, the weekend is designed for you to relax and go places and do things, especially if you're working a nine to five job through the week. Why are you spending half of your weekend doing chores? Yeah, life's easy here. They make it pretty easy on you. You don't have to worry about much. Even as far as food goes, there's um, a website here called Vietnam, Vietnam with three M's dot com. And I think there's over like there's hundreds of uh, of restaurants on there that just deliver to you for 20,000 Vietnamese dong, which is the equivalent of one U.S. dollar. So that's the delivery fee. And I mean, anything you want from not, you know, not just Vietnamese food from anywhere in the world. So you could just be sitting at home working. You're hungry. Go on the website. Keep working. 20 minutes later, you have a full meal delivered to you. And it's cheap. It's really good quality and whatever you want. There's no you don't have to cook if you don't want to. You don't have to do laundry if you don't want to. You don't have to do anything. You could just focus on your business, which is what I really like about it here. That's my only concern. So speaking of food, how do you how do you compare the food in Vietnam versus Thailand? Yeah, the Vietnamese food's growing on me. I don't dislike it at all. I just really love um, Thai food. So I, I prefer the food in Thailand. There's, I feel like, more options. It's, uh, it has more spice to it, and I really like that. And I feel like there's just um, there's, there's more choices. There's a lot of restaurants in Chiang Mai that I really got used to going to for lunches and 
I, I don't know. Here, it's kind of the same meals over and over and over, I feel like, when I'm eating Vietnamese food. So I've also been eating lots of you know different kinds of things to switch it up. But I prefer, yeah, Thailand. You know, the first week I was here in Saigon, I was really excited about all the new food to try. Mainly because I've been in Thailand for so long that I've had everything. So even though there's so much variety and the food's so good, I just wanted something different. Because new is always better. But after about a week, I realized, man, there's only so many Vietnamese dishes to eat. I right. mean, it's really... You know, you have pho, you have uh, broken rice with that grilled pork, and then you have bad meat sandwiches. Right. Um, I'm going to put up, I man, I put up the best photos of the, the best bad meat place. It's called Lesbian Baguette, which we went to the <laughs> other day. not what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the name. I'm going to rank number one in Google for that. Um, and it's the best Vietnamese sandwich I've had anywhere in the world. And it was a big celebration for me because I haven't had any wheat or any bread for a year. So, but I have this... This rule, where if I'm in a new country, I'm going to try whatever their best food is at least once. So even though I'm strict paleo and I'm, I'm eating you know, this bulletproof diet and I'm getting great, great success from it, I still want to enjoy traveling. I still want to enjoy this life. Uh, so that was that was amazing. If you're out here, you have to try the Vietnamese sandwich. But I'm glad that I have this rule because it's it'd be really easy to eat Vietnamese sandwiches three meals a day every day. Because how much are they out here? Um, most the one we went to was like the most well-known one, so they could charge more. There it costs thirty thousand dong, which is what maybe like a dollar fifty or something like that. But usually they're um, they're twelve thousand from any other vendor on the street, and there's like three vendors per street. So I, I don't even know what that is. It's, it's cheap. like fifty six yeah, cents. Yeah, it's really it's ridiculously cheap. And they're good. Yeah, I enjoy it. So you know, if you're on a super budget and you know you're happy eating just for which is the Vietnamese noodle soup and these bad meat sandwiches, you can definitely get by for literally $3 a day in food if you're really bootstrapping. Oh, yeah. However, the restaurants, most restaurants we go to are, are much more expensive than, than Thailand. Right, because it also has the element here. It's a big city, you know, and I'd compare it to like, obviously it's not as big as New York. It's not exactly New York, but I'd compare it to that being that there's food from all over the world and there's great restaurants from people, you know, from chefs from all over the world. So when we go out, we usually like to go out and have a good meal. So, I mean, you know, it's not even that expensive, maybe like 20 bucks. I went to a really nice restaurant the other night. Um, that had like I think thirty dollars steaks or something like that, but it was one of the best steaks I've had in years. So um, it's 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 up there, but again, it's not it's not crazy. It's not like New York or LA prices. Yeah, it's it's definitely normal California prices uh, for like lunch. Example today, I think our bill was I don't I have no idea uh, fifty bucks between four of us. So it's not Asia cheap. Yeah, but someone had a steak, you know, like <laughs> I had I had a huge grilled chicken, so like it, it it's it's still it's it's cheap. It's not yeah, it's not Thailand cheap, but it's it's cheap. And you don't have to eat like that. There's plenty of local options, but we've just been going to the I would say more high end restaurants. Yeah. I when you said that you compare this to New York, I actually had that same New York vibe. So I spent a lot of time in Manhattan. Uh, kind of over the years, I had a friend who, who had an extra room in his, his his apartment when he went to Columbia. So I would spend probably three weeks every other month there. And I really got used to the city. I liked it a lot. And it's expensive. Really, really expensive. I mean, aside from housing, everything was expensive. I would say living in Saigon, you get a lot of the same benefits of living in New York. The same feeling, that same big city vibe, the same you know, restaurant cafe choices for a tenth the price. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like this apartment that I'm in right now in Manhattan, um, I would guess like at, at least, I don't know, 24, 2500 um, if you're in a decent area, just to have like a decent sized space like this. So you definitely get value here compared to that. But again, you know, it's not New York. You don't have all the options, but it, it, it feels very similar. This is the New York of Southeast Asia. Right. Yeah. That's how it's that. at, yeah. Uh, but with being in a big city, you have all the ups and downs. So what are some of the downsides of being in Saigon? I mean, the, the one thing that just gets to me, like, there's not much that I'm really going to complain about, but the, the pollution is bad. So, like, I, I feel like when I was first here for a week, I started laying in bed at night and I would feel my ears popping. And I didn't know what that was. And that's actually, one of my friends told me it's from noise pollution just because it's so loud here. And, you know, like Manhattan, they have laws like you can't honk on most streets. You got to fine for it. And here, everyone's just driving around honking all the time. So for like a week or so, I could feel myself going deaf, it felt like. So that was one big thing for me. And also just the air pollution. The quality of the air is not that great. Um, 
like I noticed once I like I sneezed and it was like black almost, so it's not good. And it's just from so many cars and motorbikes. I feel like so that's that's my problem with here. And, and it's like that in Bangkok too, to be fair. But up in Chiang Mai, it's more mixed with nature, so you don't get that up there, which is one thing I uh, I, I give Chiang Mai the edge for definitely. And the cool thing about Chiang Mai is every weekend we escape out. You know, within a 20, 30 minute drive, we're out in nature, beautiful, clean nature, up in mountains. At you know this at the roof in these. Uh, infinity pools on top of a mountain you know we we're by the lake we, and it really feels like we we're really far out of the city and the air is brilliant uh, except for the month of march uh, which is burning season in, in chiang mai but the rest of the year the 11 months perfect weather you know great great air quality and here i feel it i feel like i'm tired every day and somebody had mentioned it was from the pollution mm -hmm. you know you just feel like a little bit sick like you're you have kind of an itchy throat and because of that, I could not live here year, year long. Yeah, I definitely, it's not a long-term place for me because I get that feeling like it kind of feels, I thought I was getting sick because my throat started to hurt a little bit and then it went away and then a couple of days later I had the same thing and it went away and someone else, you know, had mentioned the same thing happened to them when they first got here and it's just because of the quality of the air. So it's definitely something, you know, if you're like extremely health conscious to, to pay attention to and I'm going to be here for three months and I think that'll be it for this trip. I'll definitely be back in the future. I know that, but it's not a place I could just like stay in for years at a time. I feel like it would be, you know, pretty bad for your health. I'm really happy that Saigon is an option. Uh, the entrepreneur scene out here is great. I would say it's very it's similar to the Chiang Mai scene, uh, especially because half of the people that we hang out with here, we had just hung out with Chiang Mai a few months ago. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I came here. I was down in um, in Buenos Aires in Argentina, and I was speaking to everyone from Chiang Mai, you know, on Facebook, whatever. And I was like, oh, "What are you guys up to? How's life?" And everyone said when that burning season was coming, they were going to come out to Saigon and you know give it a try for a few months. So that's what made me choose here. I've actually been here before. When I was on a visa run from Thailand, I spent about three weeks in Vietnam. Um, I was in Hanoi. I went up to Hanlong Bay, and then I came down here to uh, to Ho Chi Minh. And I didn't really care for it that much because for me, it's more about the people than the city. So I'm more interested in being plugged into the network than, you know, just living in a random city in, uh, in Vietnam or anywhere in Asia. So that's why I came back here. And what's really great is it's like all those friends that I had networked with in Chiang Mai, plus a kind of different level of um, a business owner, I would say. There, there's a lot of people that are here right now that own pretty big uh, product development companies, software companies, SaaS companies. And the reason is there's a lot of really great local talent here. So if you want to start an app company and you know, or a design company or a coding company, you can hire people here for, I've heard about a thousand bucks a month that you know, they know what they're doing. So you could build a team not, and it won't be that hard and you'll get a really good quality employee. So that's a, that's a really cool scene I'm kind of getting uh, into over here. One thing I really liked about Vietnam, and this is a plus for Saigon versus Chiang Mai is I meet Vietnamese entrepreneurs out here. And yep. In the last episode or two episodes ago, I had mentioned Tung Tran, the local Vietnamese kid, killing it out here, you know, making uh, Amazon affiliate sites and selling them. Uh, and there's other Vietnamese people I meet out here too. Like probably every every Wednesday, there's a, a bulletproof coffee meetup. It's called Start Scale. And every Saturday, there's a bulletproof breakfast. And at both of those, I meet local Vietnamese entrepreneurs, which is really nice. And in Chiang Mai, I don't really meet any local, you know, Thai entrepreneurs besides maybe you know some some artists uh, here and there. But it's it's definitely here. It's you know they speak great English, and it's it's a bit more mixed. Yeah, it's got that startup feel to it, and it's not just you know expats coming in trying to start their own businesses. There's a lot of locals that are uh, definitely capitalizing on it. All right, so you mentioned something about the co-working spaces and cafes out here. Yep. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, the co-working spaces that I've been to, I've been to a couple of them. We went to the one together called Work Saigon, and it's a really cool modern space. It's uh, it's nice. I mean, I like the layout, but as far as that goes, like for me, it was too small. Um, it was already busy. There wasn't enough desk space, so that's not a place I could see myself working out of consistently. The other one that I spent a few days working from is called uh, Saigon Hub, and Saigon Hub is probably the most popular one. It's a good space if you want to just go, not talk to anyone, just stare at your computer and get work done. That's what I would say. It has the feel of a traditional you know, corporate office. So if you don't want any distractions, like if you can't work from home because you're going to watch TV or go on Facebook and you just want to go somewhere and work, that's the place I would do it. I like to kind of you know, have – like I have streaks of days that I'm going to be working nonstop and then days that I kind of want to just socialize and work for a few hours. So this past couple of weeks for me that Johnny's been out here has been more of like that socializing aspect. So next week I'm probably going to be back in um, Saigon Hub doing some heads down work. But it's a, it's a, it depends what you're into. You know, Everyone works differently in different situations. 
No, remind me uh, at th- during this podcast of time. I want to ask you how you get yourself so productive where you can just crush work and just get things done. Because I really believe that one of the reasons why you are as successful as you are isn't that you're necessarily smarter than than the mm-hmm. the next guy. It's because you have this crazy work ethic and motivation where you you know how to succeed and you know what you want. Uh, and so. A bit, a bit later in this episode, I want to ask you what are some tips that you for success for people. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about the, the cafes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that the co-working spaces in Chiang Mai are better uh, there's than the co-working spaces here, as you just mentioned. Pun space, great place. That's a good mix of getting work done as well as socializing. You know, uh, good nature, peace. And there's two more co-working spots that have gotten really popular. Um, since you've been gone out of Chiang Mai. So the Coffee Monster I know was there, but now it's they're really building it up and it's becoming a good spot. They also just opened a huge one uh, inside the new mall in, in Chiang Mai. And it's called, I don't know, Workspace or something. That is huge and it's and it's inside, it's basically the top floor of a mall. It's, a, it's the size of a movie theater. It's, it, it's gigantic. So co-working spaces, I give Chiang Mai the heads up. But the cafes and the coffee shops, I give it the heads up to to Saigon. What do you think? Yeah, in, in Chiang Mai, I, I mean, Pun Space is kind of a mix, like you said, of co-working and cafe. There's a lot of restaurants like in walking distance. So a lot of people go there and, you know, spend their days, do a little socializing, do some work. Um, here, the cafes, they're very, like, friendly and open to people going there and sitting down and just spending the entire day. I never did that in Thailand. I'd get a cup of coffee and then usually, like, bring it to Pun Space or have a cup of coffee, maybe check my email, but then go to work somewhere else. And here, it's just, like, even locals and, you know, people that are just passing through, they'll, they'll go to a coffee shop and spend four or five hours, you know. I went to places and had breakfast and worked for four hours, then had lunch and then worked for two more hours. So... Um, I give the coffee shops here the advantage, definitely. And plus the fact that it's a bigger city, you just have more options. I don't know how many there are. I mean, there's got to be hundreds of them here. And in Chiang Mai, there's like, you know, coffee monsters where people know to go. And then obviously Restrato, but that's not a work spot. And there's, your options are more limited in a, in a place like Chiang Mai just because it's a smaller city. Yeah, I spent months bouncing around to different coffee shops in Chiang Mai to find a good uh, place to work at. And there was one called Impresso that was really nice. And then one day they just decided, hey, we don't want people working out here anymore. We want mm-hmm. you to buy every coffee, drink it, and get out. And so you can find places that are decent and work for a few hours. But it's not like Saigon where they expect you to sit down and work for, yeah. for hours. And we've already found five places here that are great to yeah. work out of. And there might be some, like, to be fair, the place in, um, in Chiang Mai, if anyone knows it, called Play Cafe. Someone told me that the second floor there is kind of like a free co-working space. If you go and buy coffee, you could work there. So I haven't seen that one. But if you're in Chiang Mai and looking for a cafe, someone told me it's a good spot. Play Cafe. Okay. So coffee itself. I was really impressed with the Vietnamese coffee the first week. It's rich and smooth. It tastes amazing. But after having it for a few weeks now, I'm actually a little bit sick of it. I feel like it feel it tastes a little bit more artificial. And in in Chiang Mai, it's like normal coffee, like award-winning, you know, uh, Australian roasters of espresso and americanos and things like that. Uh, I mean, I, I guess it's that's you know, you know what. That's not even that big of a deal. You know, now we're just picking picking apart little things. Yeah. Right? So the overall picture, you know, I would say coking spaces, Chiang Mai, mm-hmm. coffee shops out here in, in Saigon are great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the scene, I would say, it really depends on where everyone is at the at the current time. Right now, if you're here in March, Saigon's better. Oh yeah. But if you're if it's any other month and you want a place where you can kind of bootstrap and get started, I personally like Chiang Mai as a place I can live year round. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have Chiang Mai be my home base where anytime I just want, you know, somewhere comfortable to live, uh, where I have all my needs met for a super, you know, for a bootstrap price where I can save up a ton of money, get a lot of work done, have great food, great weather, good health, overall, you know, overall positive place to live. I'll be in Chiang Mai. Yeah, if you're trying to make the decision, like you want to come out to Asia and you're looking between Chiang Mai and Saigon, I'll tell you the complaints from that I've heard from people from both of them because I've talked to people that went to Chiang Mai and just didn't like it at all. And they said, you know, it's, it's too small for them. There's not enough going on. And they like the big city feel. So for them, Chiang Mai is not the place. And then in Saigon, I've heard, you know, the exact opposite, obviously. It's too crazy. You can't get away from the noise or the pollution or the, the chaos because it really is chaos here. And there's no quick escape. So if you're like a big city person that wants that nonstop action, 
then this is your place. If you're looking more for like a laid back lifestyle where you can take it easy, then Chiang Mai definitely. And it's not that there's nothing to do in Chiang Mai. I don't want to say that because there's plenty to do. It's just that Vietnam is, I mean, not, not just Vietnam, but Saigon is, is literally, it's a huge sprawling city. So it, it depends what you're looking for. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so I'm going to write a full review of it on my blog at johnnyfd.com, uh, including some of the uh, safety and uh, scam horror stories that I personally experienced out here in Saigon, which makes me not like it uh, as well. Because <laughs> in Chiang Mai, I feel so safe all the time. I can yeah. walk around, like literally I can walk around with money falling in my pocket and yeah. the and people will pick it up and run up to you and be like, oh, you dropped this, you know, you dropped a hundred bucks. That, that's one of the things I noticed right away. In Chiang Mai, I don't want to say in Thailand in general, but in Chiang Mai, the people are just so friendly and they're... I'm not worried about theft in the slightest there. It's it's a completely different um, mindset, I would say. And here you have to be careful. Like our friends have said they've seen people get their laptops stolen, their cell phones stolen. So if I'm on the street here and I'm checking my phone, you know, I'm holding it tight and I'm checking around to see who's around me because I've seen someone get their backpack stolen. So it's definitely more um, hardcore over here. You know, it's it's that big city kind of like there's a lot of people up to shady stuff. So you have to be careful. And in Chiang Mai, it feels much more um, friendly, I would say. Yeah, so if, you're, if safety is a concern... Uh, Chiang Mai is a place to be. You know, I was thinking, especially if I was a if I was a girl, if I was a single girl, I would be in Chiang Mai. I wouldn't want to be out here in Saigon. Uh, but I've heard, you know, there's a good dating scene out here for single guys out here in Saigon. So you know, that's something else to, to consider uh, if you're going to move out here. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on uh, to the next topic that I want to talk about is what is your future plans? Like, where, where do you want to travel to after this? Yeah, I'm here for at least two more months. I've been here, I guess, almost a month already. And I'm going to do the three months till my visa expires. And then I'm going to go to, um, to Thailand, to Thailand, to Chiang Mai for a Songkran, which is like the second week of April, I think. And from there, I don't really know. I'm going to have a month kind of traveling around. I want to go down and see Borneo, so I might go down to the islands. And then I'm going back to New York in June for a week for a music festival. If anyone's going to Governor's Ball on Randall's Island, let me know. I'll be there for the strokes. <laughs> And then uh, after that, I'm going to fly out to Amsterdam for a month. And then I want to spend July and August in Berlin or somewhere around Berlin. So I'll be out in Europe. And then from there, who knows? Man, that is such a crazy life. And you know, a year ago, exactly one year ago, uh, I, think, I think I actually met you exactly a year ago because it was right after Songkran. No, right I, before Songkran. Yeah, I came to April. Uh, to April. I came to Thailand, I think, the first week of April. So it was probably right around the same time. Yeah. So, all right. So I met you 11 months ago. And when you had met me... And I don't know if people know the story or not. So, you know, people just assume, I don't know, I don't know what they assume, but <laughs> uh, if you guys listen to episode 10 uh, of the, the first time I had Anton on, we kind of go into a little bit of the story about how I started with business-wise. But I had just met Anton about a year ago, uh, a little bit less than that, actually. And I was a little bit envious of his life, that he was able to travel around and make money and I was on a super, super tight budget. Do, do you remember what my lifestyle was like when you met me? Yeah, I saw your apartment. Johnny introduced me to CrossFit Chiang Mai. So one day before the gym, we uh, we went to his apartment to pick something up, and he was uh, he was slumming it. <laughs> I mean, I was literally like, I mean, it's it's I, I don't even want to think about it. Yeah. I mean, it felt like I was living opposite a construction site. I was yeah. so loud, and I my room was this. Didn't you know? It was this old Thai style room that I was paying a hundred and ten dollars a month for, and it was all locals. I was the only foreigner who would even dare be in there. Um, I mean, it felt. I mean, it almost felt like kind of like a Thai prison. Um, it didn't come with anything. I actually had to rent a fridge because it didn't even come with that. Didn't didn't come with the TV. Didn't you know? I didn't have anything. And I actually remember the landlord said to me, uh, "Sorry, you're." <laughs> you had to move out for whatever reason. I, th- I think someone had booked the room. Uh, and he said, oh, but you can stay in um, on the top floor with us if you want. And I went up and I looked at it. And it was, wasn't even a room. It was basically the the people that owned the place, they were living in this big like attic <laughs> without separations. There's the mattresses on the floor. And at the time, I was so broke that I actually had considered it. Like I was like, oh, you know, I can live here for free. And I was like, no, you know. <laughs> and, and thank God I had, I had met you at the time and I had some hope, you know. Um, and I don't, I don't give Kurt enough credit, uh, but he was the guy who kind of just inspired me to start thinking differently. Um, you know, he didn't have the, the technical, you know, uh, like program for me to follow to, to build a store online and make money, but he really instilled some positive mindsets in me. I remember one thing he said to me is, he said, don't say you can't afford it. Ask yourself how you can afford it. Mm-hmm. And that really resonated with me. So during that time, I had decided, you know what? 
I'm sick of living on the cheap. I'm I'm sick of you know trying to get by on this on this tiny six hundred dollar a month budget and live you know like a local. I want to be able to go to Europe. I want to be able to travel, and that's when I had decided to start the e-commerce store. And I think that one of the reasons why you know people associate with me so much is because I'm one of the your few students who really openly talks about the success I had with your method and the, the dropshipping program. Why do you think it is that a lot of people who start doing well, you know, don't want to talk about it? Well, I mean, it worked out perfectly. I mean, you've had your blog, even when you were living cheap, you blogged about living cheap for, for what, like years now, right? You've four years now, yeah. yeah. For, for four years, you've already been sharing your life story and where you are and what you do. So it kind of just came natural, I would say. You started doing well and you wanted to share that too, just like you shared everything else that you've been doing. Um, so that really just worked out perfectly. There's a lot of people that, you know, never have a blog or anything like that. So they sign up for the course and, and they do well, but they don't have an outlet to speak to people. And even if they could, I don't know how much they'd want to share. Usually when you find a business model that works for you, like I tell my friends, you know, what I do, but most of my friends from back home, I grew up with in high school and college and they're not, they have no interest in starting their own business, but a lot of times people are scared to share too much about their business, which is why, I mean, you see how I talk to people even here and in Chiang Mai when they ask me lots of details about the specifics of my business, I don't go into it. I'll say, yeah, I'm in e-commerce, I do a lot of drop shipping, but I don't like to talk about every single aspect of my personal stores because I don't want people to copy me. So it worked well with you because, I mean, you've been sharing your story for so long, it's kind of like the next level of what's Johnny up to. But a lot of people aren't going to go out of their way to say, hey guys, I'm making money, do this too. So... You know, I I actually I was tempted just to keep it a secret, to be honest. Yeah. Because I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm making a lot of money from this, and it's relatively simple. It's not it's not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, building a e-commerce store is not easy. I spent a lot of time. I spent two months straight building it up. You know, and it was hard. I mean, it was you know it was a lot of effort. But once I started going, I realized I was like, you know what, this is actually a pretty easy model to replicate, especially especially you know once you, you know have a program where you can follow step by step and people know hey all Johnny did was go to AntonMethod.com watch the videos you know think of a niche build this store why can't I do the same thing and it really makes it it easy for the other people to kind of to replicate and I don't want to have that unnecessary competition mm-hmm. but at the same time I thought about it I was like you know what it's almost like having finding something that works and wanting to, to hoard it and right. it's that uh, that negative um scarcity mentality and I, I was thinking you know what if I don't sh- share what's going on in my life I'm not open about it this is the best that my life is ever going to be right. and you know I was at the time I was like oh, you know what? I'm okay with that <laughs> I mean, you know yeah. <laughs> much better than my my old life but at the same time if I want to continue growing and I always want to be one step ahead and doing new things you know the best way to do that is to openly share you know have people in my life that are giving me advice that are, are showing me the next steps um, as well as just kind of this forward thinking. Right. And that's what led me to create the course to begin with when I first, you know, recorded everything and put it down um, in video format. I, you know, I didn't follow a course when I first got started. I read like, I've, you know, I've said it plenty of times, but I read the four hour work week. He mentions e-commerce. And then I went out and I started doing my own research on e-commerce and I learned by testing different things. And for years, you know, I didn't have any kind of training product or anything like that. I didn't have any reason to. But then it got to a point that I started telling a lot of people um, on different forums. I'd go on and kind of give advice just as a way of giving back because I read a lot of different forums when I first got started. That was a big way I could ask questions and get real-time answers. And I saw a lot of people were answering questions with just like these like nonsense answers just to sell their own products, you know, people that had like no experience. And it was kind of like almost like insulting, like, wow, these people really are trying to start an e-commerce store and you're going to give them this advice, like something that just doesn't work at all. For example, like sign up with Dova or one of these like middlemen sites, like, no, that's not how you do it to make money. So I started just sharing information on forums, just typing these long responses. And it got to a point that people were like, listen, you know, can I pay you for private coaching? And I've never really been one to trade time for money. So that wasn't what I wanted to do. But I just figured, you know what, I can record the the outline of how I do things in a video format and people could follow along and it doesn't mean that they're going to you know, make money, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a success, but they're going to know exactly what I do and they're going to know exactly what works and if they want to follow along, here's a, here's a format. You know, just like I learned by reading other people's replies, now people can learn from what I've created. So that's why I got involved with this. Well, one thing I really like about you, Chorus, is the fact that your very own sister 
wanted to open a dropshipping course, an e-commerce store, and mm-hmm. all you did was say, yeah, watch these videos, mm-hmm. and you basically gave her the same information that you give, of course, yeah, random students, you know, who you've never met, who just signed up for the course, right. Yeah. Yeah. She asked me some questions. Um, she's helped me with some different projects before. So she had a little brief understanding, um, the same stuff that's in the course. And then she asked me, you know, like, I want to get started. Can I have access to, to the site? So, you know, I set her up with an account and she didn't even say anything to me about actually getting started. And then a few months later, she emailed me and she's got her first sale. And I was like, wait, you actually did this? And she showed <laughs> me her site. Yeah. And it, I mean, it looks amazing. She's much more of a um, design oriented than I am. And her site's converting at like I think it's between like four and six percent right now. It's really it's ridiculous. So she's doing she's doing great, and she did it all on her own. I mean, she watched you know the videos, she learned the system from me, but she uh, she really just took action on her own without even asking me any questions, and uh, she's killing it. So yeah. Well, one cool thing that all the, this kind of success in my own business has led to is opportunities for other things. Uh, like the other day, somebody had emailed me asking me if I if I would you know coach them, and I, at first I said no. I mean, actually, a lot of people have asked asked me if I if they can. I don't know. I, I don't even know what, the, what. Usually, people don't want to give me de- details. They just ask if they can, if I can coach them. And I, and I always just say no. Like I'm, I'm happy to give you advice, uh, but I just don't have time to do it. But then uh, this guy the other day, he, you know, kind of wrote me a long Facebook message, and he said, you know, I, I know you're, you know, you're busy with your own stores, um, but it would really help, you know, having someone who's done it before and is successful with it, just even kind of guide me through it. And you know, all you know, all I want is to hop on Skype with you for 30 minutes, uh, you know, once a week, just to make sure I'm on the right track and make sure I'm not, you know, spinning my wheels and wasting my time, you know, going the, the wrong direction. And he's like, you know, I'm happy to pay for your time, you know, you know, here's, and he paid, he paid me some money. And I was like, okay, you know, why not? You know, if I can help this guy out. And at first I was actually still hesitant about it, but that was like, I think it was you that said, you know what, think about it this way. You know, if in the long run, whatever little bit of a couple hundred bucks he invests in in you uh and your time can really pay off in the in, the, in a big picture and can really you know jump start his life mm-hmm. and that's kind of the same thing where when i started if it wasn't for some of the mentors in my life to keep me motivated to keep me on the right track when i was starting out it would have been a lot harder right. it's, it's still possible you know interacting on the forums and you know talking to other people online uh, but it's it is different if you have an actual mentor who who does you know who does this stuff um, but you know, that, that was a cool opportunity. And now, you know, I was like, all right, maybe I'll make phone coaching available. All right. Mm-hmm. But the other really cool thing that I never expected was I was showing this guy named Steven, uh, that was working at a pun space and that was a member of your course as well. And I was showing him a couple of things that he could do on his side. He was, he, and he basically had asked me, say, Johnny, you know, I'm making about one sale a week on, on my, one of my e-commerce stores. So I know it works, but I want to make more sales. He's like, you know, how, how do you do it? And I just sat down, took a look at the site, and we went through it for, I don't know, spent like an hour going through it. I, I, I told him, I was like, all right, you need to add this, do this, move this here, um, you know, add these logos here, do, you know, do these little things. And a few days later, he, had, he came back up to me and he said, like, dude, it worked. I made two sales today. And I'm, that's when you suggested that, that I, should, I should share this. Yep. So that was basically how optimized like a boss started. I mean, like, what is like, what exactly was was the thought behind all that? Well, just because you know, like, there's so many different ways to to do things, especially with e-commerce and stores. People ask me all the time, like, I see you do whatever niche selection this way, and then I don't use um, Google the keyword tool. I don't use like keyword research from uh, selecting niches, and I've never had to because my stores, you know, I, I use other methods. And some people email me like, oh, I read this guy's method and he says you need to find keywords that need all this criteria. What do you think? And I just say like, listen, you know, if you want to try that, it doesn't hurt. There's more than one ways to do everything and different things might work for different people. So Johnny had made some changes to his site that obviously had a big impact on his sales. And when he instructed Steven to make the same changes, they worked for him as well. So I thought, yeah, why not put it down in video format? I'm sure it'll help a lot of people. And, you know, they can go through the videos and make changes to their own site and see what happens. So I never actually even really talked about it. I, I never, I don't think I even made a blog post about Optimize Like a Boss. And it was almost one of those things where I figured, you know what, if somebody wants it, they'll find it. And if they like it, they'll recommend it to others. And what's cool is it's been out for a few months now. And, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, it's a lot of videos. I think I ended up being 
15 or 16 videos and all these are like screen cast videos where I'm basically logging into uh, to a demo store and I'm saying, look, this is how you add this this here. This is why it works. This is why it converts better. This is how your customers feel when they see this and what, what's going to make them want to buy versus if you didn't have it. And so it takes you know a while for people to implement all these changes and then start really seeing returns from it. And what's really cool is there's some guys on, on your forums, like there's a guy named Pebble, who's a huge advocate of it now. Every time I see him post anywhere on the forums, and I've never even talked to this guy before, he always recommends, he's like, yeah, sign up for Optimize the Boss. I wish I would have known about this sooner. I would have converted so, you know, I would my sales would have been so much better um, if I had just done this. And the other thing about it was, I when I originally had filmed those videos, my, my goal was for people not to buy it until they were consistently making sales, at least once a week. But then you had mentioned that it was it's something really good for people that are just starting out to, to watch. Right, because usually when people start their own stores, you test different things. Like I mentioned in the videos and, and uh, my course, you know, different things you should test for your store to see what converts better. So it's just kind of a quicker way to get through it. And you learn exactly what works for Johnny. So you can implement all of Johnny's changes that he made to his store, and they should work for you. And there's no reason not to not to implement them right away and see what happens. And um, if you know they will, but you can constantly keep tweaking from there. But it's kind of just pushing you forward towards the ultimate goal of converting as highly as possible. Yeah, my goal has always been 100% conversion. Every time someone comes to one of my product pages through an ad or through from you know really any, if they land on my store and they're looking at a product, I want them to buy. And I know there's no such thing as 100% conversion on an online site or e-commerce. Like even like Amazon, which is a huge site, you know, their, prob- their conversion rate is probably, you know, still in the, for sure, like 2% or like single digits. Yeah. And, but my goal is, I'll, I'm like, you know what? If you're coming to my site and you're looking at my products, why aren't you buying it? Is there, like, is there any reason? It, it, can I add more trust to it? Can I have better descriptions? Can I, you know, really put it, like make it easy for you to order? And this is basically, this course was the easiest way I could think of to, you know, instead of me, you know, spending four hours sitting down on your store specifically, having a video training course where you can go through on your own pace and make the same changes uh, and basically look to see what my stores look like, and which is something that people, you know, really want. They, they always, they're always curious. They're like, what is it about your store that makes, that makes sales while mine isn't? So, but what's really cool about it is, it's, it's a whole new, I mean, I never thought in a million years I would have some kind of like video training course. And this all happened because I was openly sharing my success. And I really firmly believe that, you know, whatever, whatever business model you're in, if you're helping other people, even if you're just helping other people just, you know, for the kindness of your own heart, like I never asked Steven or, or anyone I helped for any money. I was just like, yeah, I'll help you. No problem. And because of that, there's this product now, you know, and it's another stream of income, which I never would have had if, if it wasn't for me going through your course in the, in the first place as a student, making it successful for myself, making money from it, and then helping others for free. And now it's a way where if somebody wants to pay for, for the course, they have access to it. And, you know, within probably even depending on, on the price of their products they're selling, Within selling, you know, even two or three orders, it really pays for the course because we didn't even price it that high. Right. And if someone's making an extra, you know, extra sale a day from it, I mean, within a week, they've more than made their money back. And for the rest of, you know, the rest of the years, it's all extra profit. Right. And um, yeah, like what you were saying, as far as connections go, that's the, the reason I've had my program and keep updating it and I've had it for so long and I don't plan on shutting it down is because of the connections it's allowed me. It's obviously led to a great extra source of income. Um, but at the same time, I've had people sign up for my course that I've looked up to as, you know, advertisers and marketing companies that want to get into dropshipping. So they find me, they sign up and they contact me. So now I'm teaching people that I've looked up to for years and just that alone makes it worth it. Like doing all of this and just putting your name out there and just, you know, like you said, the opportunities that arise, I've met more people than I ever thought I would in the past year, all because I put out a course to for actually for sales. People are paying me that I get to connect with. So it's uh, it's, it's really, I, I mean, I love it. I'm so happy. I, I started this whole thing. Well, it makes sense because you are the authority in dropshipping. Someone wants to start an e-commerce dropshipping based store. You are the authority. You can teach, you know, you can teach it better than anyone out there versus, you know, let's say a guy, he's really, really good at something else. Like let's say SEO or, you know, uh, or design or 
Photoshop or you know, whatever it is, they might be a pro at that, but they don't know dropshipping. So they want to go and exactly. they want to learn dropshipping. They have to do it through a guy like you. When in turn, you know, so you get the respect, you know, because exactly. they, they see your course, they're like, oh, this is legit. And then you get to connect with them and you can pick their brain about other things. Yeah, and that's what's happened. So these connections I have now, like you said, it's people that are in different markets than me that want to get into the same market. And although I don't want to start all businesses that they do, now I have these connections. So if I need a guy that specializes in almost anything, I have not only someone that's a course member, but someone that I've connected with that I've helped with their business. So they're ready and willing to kind of do me a favor and help me out when I ask for it. So that's my favorite thing about this whole experience of starting this course and actually training people. Well, the other thing about it is I'm sure you don't want to explain all the basic steps to every single person who wants to start again. So it's so much easier to show them these videos and directing them towards that than trying to you know, say, okay, this is how Shopify works. Oh, this is how you add a product. This is how you pick a niche. Because I'm sure it gets boring having to repeat that same thing a million times when you can just do it once on a screen video and have them have them watch it. Right, and that's why I have all the videos and people, you know, they'll ask questions sometimes that maybe I wasn't clear enough on something or, you know, because I've been doing it so long, I kind of pass over. So I'll just re-record videos. So the videos are constantly updated in the members area. Whenever anyone has new questions or comments or concerns, I'll either add in an FAQ section in the members area or just re-record a video and add in whatever was missing, whatever was lacking. But I do try to make it as complete as possible. And I also do offer, you know, support with the forum, fastbusinessforum.com is our private forum. And there's something like over 2,000 people there now and over, I think, 8,000 posts. I mean, it's amazing. Just every day, there's just so much value being put out there. So if you have any questions about, you know, anything with e-commerce, you do have to be a member of my program to have access to the forum. But that's the place to go for any questions related to e-commerce and specifically dropshipping. Well, every time people ask me, you know, like, hey, I'm just getting started, you know, what were what their steps? I tell them, said, like, once you, be, once you sign up for the course, do you have access to the private member forums? And find my thread. My, uh, I I don't I have no idea how many replies there are to it. I, I, it's a lot. I mean, it's probably like a hundred replies to right now. And it's basically I started it in May 2013. And my first post was, "Hey, I just watched the videos. Um, getting started. Uh, this is my progress step by step thread." And every week I updated, saying, "Okay, this week I found you know I was I was so excited too. Like you can you can hear the excitement in my voice." I mean, just when I typed it, like I just got you know approved by my first supplier. I'm so excited. Now I'm adding products, and two months later, there's a thread that said, you know, I mean, I, during those two months, I was, like there'd be some doubtful threads of like, oh, you know, I don't know if it's working. My it sucks. I'm thinking about starting a different one, and you know, people reply saying, you know, like no, keep going. You know, like you you can do it, and I ask for people for help, and. Two months later, I'm like, dude, I got my first sale. I'm so excited. And from that point, I mean, you can basically just follow the entire journey of me getting started, all my doubts, all my fears, everything I did, all, all the things that I wish I had done earlier and verse, you know, and go through that. And people see my entire 11th month journey from, you know, basically making, you know, starting e-commerce and starting dropshipping for the first time and now having a successful store that, you know, continuously makes very good money. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had just posted, the. Uh, there's a blog post called the Thai Millionaire 30K Challenge where the last time we spoke back in November, uh, I had just randomly <laughs> mentioned on that podcast that I my goal for the year was to save up $30,000 in cash and profits in my bank. Mm-hmm. And do you remember, I mean, how did that even come, come about? Um, I don't really know. I mean, you, you said, I guess you were thinking about it before the episode because you had mentioned that that was one of your goals. No, I had, I had just made that up like yeah. <laughs> during that podcast yeah. episode. And I mean, I knew I had, I wanted to buy a, a gold watch, but I didn't really have a number in my head. And at the time, you know, my bank was like way less than half of that. And I, I didn't think it would be possible anytime soon. And especially because one year ago I had $200 mm-hmm. in my bank account and it was, it was such a, a huge difference. And what I love about it most is b- being able to travel now. You know, I really liked being in Thailand for the last four years. And I, I, I don't think I would trade it for anything. You know, even though I was working at these resorts where I'm still trading time for money, you know, I'm still dealing with a lot of BS. Um, I mean, for example, it sounds like a good life. And it really was, you know, usually for the first couple of months, I'd be somewhere new because I got I basically got to see new countries and scuba dive for free. 
so I could check out all these cool places that normally would have cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars to be at. And for an exchange of me taking, you know, teaching scuba diving uh, or taking people on these, these underwater tours, I get to dive and live there for free, you know. And I liked it, but the problem with it is whenever, you know, let's say you're working 13 days straight, which sometimes we do, and you're sick because you're in the water every single day and you're, it's, a, you know, it's kind of a high-stress you know, job teaching you know people how to scuba dive, which is a bit of a dangerous sport. And you know you're sick and you can't utilize, and your ears hurt trying to go down. You still have to do it. You have no choice, you know, because you you're you have a boss. And now it's I've decided, you know what? I love scuba diving, but I never ever ever want to teach it again because it kills my passion for the sport. Yeah. Where now if I go, it's just gonna be for fun. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the guest at the resort instead of an employee. Right. And like you were asking earlier, like what it takes to be successful. And I had that mentality like when I first started my business and I had to make it work because I just knew I could if I put the time in. Like there was no question of would it be successful or not. It was I have to do this and then I'm going to get these results. That's just the way it works. Um, So I was copying other people's, you know, formulas. I was reverse engineering other websites. So I knew if I did the work, I would have the results too. And when I was in with that mindset, I was just, I mean, I was working nonstop just to launch my stores and to have everything configured properly. And, um, you know, it was kind of that same thing. Even if if I felt sick, even if I wasn't motivated, even if I wanted to go out instead, I would work. And what's different now is I'm obviously in a much different place financially than when I started. So I don't have to make money anymore. I don't like nothing, nothing has to get done. I have to maintain, which takes me a couple hours a day. But at the same time, there are new opportunities that I constantly see. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to you know, stress myself out and put in 10 hours every day just because there's so much opportunity out there. The way that I do it is I, I kind of work in waves. Like I said, the past few weeks, I've kind of been, you know, enjoy Vietnam, go to the coffee shop, get some work done, kind of just talk business with friends, talk about travel with friends. Um, but next week, I already have a whole plan set up that's drawn out of exactly what I'm going to do every single day. And I'm just going to just I, I, I'm excited. Like it's it's actually like it's fun for me, like what I'm going to be doing next week. Lots of coffee, lots of take uh, takeout food, and lots of work. And I just know my, one of my new businesses is going to scale to a whole new level. And that's what motivates me. I mean, knowing that when I do the work, the results will follow. It's not a question like, I hope this works. I know what's going to happen after my week of work. So a lot of people, they know what they should do, mm-hmm. right? And they get lazy or they put it off. So And it, they, they can't be at home, you know, where there's distractions like Facebook and all that stuff. But so your plan is... Monday through Friday next week, you're gonna you're gonna sit in your in your in your home here here basically in your apartment, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna bang out the work. Yeah, yeah, and the reason I'm gonna work here instead of you know outside anywhere, I have a like a nice office setup. I use three different monitors at home, so when I'm you know, it's like where I can be most productive. When I just want to get things done, this is a place for me to get things done. I have you know my music, I have my computers, and I could just get to work and have no distractions. So. For me, it's going to be a week of being here and just basically building a new business within five days. So that's the plan. I like that. And you know, that's actually what I respect about you so much. Especially when I was first getting to know you, I saw how relaxed you are and you were just like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm just kind of enjoying life. Let's go to the pool in the middle of the week and let's go hang out, let's have a nice dinner. And then one week you said, okay, I'm going to do some work this week. And you just worked. I mean, you, you worked super focused you weren't checking facebook you weren't messing around you know and you i think we were we were actually at a coffee shop at the time and i remember when you were done working after that week you it was like 11 o'clock in the morning i mean it had only been there for a few hours and you just closed your laptop lid and said okay i'm done (laughs) (laughs) yeah and for the next two weeks i don't think i saw you do anything you just enjoyed you just relaxed and enjoyed and but the best thing about it was during those two weeks you were like yeah you know, you want to hang out? You know, do you need help with anything? I'm, you know, and I really like that mentality where when you know you need to work, you need to work. Yeah, the way I do things that I would recommend other people do as well, what really works for me is I break down my goals for just not just business, but mostly business uh, quarterly. So every three months I have a set of goals I have to work on. And for example, like this, this set that I'm working on now is for January, February, and March. And in January, I was in Buenos Aires, and I was just kind of really dedicated to work. So in the first two weeks, I finished almost everything that I wanted to finish for those three months. And I don't set like slacker goals, they were pretty intense, but I just, I worked, I got it done. So then I spent about six weeks, not slacking off, but kind of maintaining. 
and now this quarter is almost over. I have three weeks left in March, and there's a few more things I wanted to finish, which is why next week is my work week. I'm gonna get it all done, and I mean, then I completed those goals, and then I'm also gonna brainstorm my, uh, you know, my goals for the next quarter. And when you're wondering like what kind of goals they are, it could be either just something as simple as like launch new stores. It could be revenue goals, like this site I'm gonna get to make X amount of dollars, and then. Beyond that, I'll make my my basic outline. So maybe it's start a new store in whatever niche, bring whatever store to whatever revenue a month. And then I don't just write that down because you can't do it if you don't have a plan. So once I have my main goals, I then write down how I'm going to get there. So it's much more detailed than, you know, like if you're trying to lose weight and you just write down, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. Okay, how are you going to do it? You know, it's very detailed. And then I have steps to follow to actually get those results within that quarter. I firmly believe that writing down your goals and your to-do lists and having a very specific is one of the biggest factors that, that determines success. And I've, I've heard this so many times in the last 32 years of my life <laughs> and I just never did it. Yep. And I'm sure a lot of people that are listening are the same thing, the same way. They, they know they should do it and they just don't. All right. If you guys want to be successful, go get a piece of pen, I mean, <laughs> piece of paper and a pen and just Spend 10 minutes and write it down. Yeah, there's something about handwriting it too. It just, I, I don't know what it is, but yeah, like same thing. My whole life I've been hearing it and it works. I mean, it works. Write your goals down. Yeah, it's free. Yeah. It, it's free and it, it gives you a 300% better chance of success. <laughs> so why don't you do it? So if you learned anything from, from this episode, write down your goals, make it specific. All right, dude, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, if, if people always ask, they're like, why do you promote Anton so much? It's because... You changed my freaking life. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I would like, seriously, I would not be sitting here today with a normal, like nine to five income without working a normal job back in crappy cold America right now with all this <laughs> stress. I wouldn't be able to travel. I wouldn't have been able to come out here to Saigon. I wouldn't have been able to in- enjoy life. I wouldn't be able to take my girlfriend out to a nice dinner and not have to worry about how much it's going to cost. I wouldn't be wearing this gold watch. I wouldn't be saying, I- I'm going to meet you out in in uh, Europe this summer. I'm, I wouldn't be able to say, hey, I'm going to go scuba dive in Komodo just for the heck of it. All right. This is why I promote you. All right. So, Anton, thank you so much. Thank you've you. been you've been a mentor. You've been a good friend. And I, uh, you're, you're amazing. Man. <laughs> thank All you, right? buddy. So, if they want to check out your course, go to AntonMethod.com. And this is episode 26 of the Travel Like a Boss podcast. I'm going to have uh, show notes and photos and links to everything so come check that out bro take care yep enjoy the rest of Saigon I will I'm gonna be back in Chiang Mai see you around Thailand thank you for listening to the Travel Like a Boss podcast if you want to hear more including the bonus how to choose the perfect niche episode join our mailing list at travellikeabosspodcast.com see you next week and remember if you want to travel like a boss you need to be your own boss so start your online business today and start living the lifestyle you've always dreamed of